I'm John Carter in Moscow, in Havana, Cuba. Now in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. I'm John Carter in Petra, right here in communist China, reporting from India. Hi, I'm John Carter in the Solomon Islands. I'm John Carter in Soweto, from El Salvador. I'm John Carter in Sydney, Australia. John Carter finds a solution to insanity. Topic today is a solution to insanity. It's about a year since we had this tremendous shootout here in one of the safest cities in the United States. That's where we live, in Thousand Oaks, just down the road. So we're commemorating with sorrow all those young people being shot to death a year ago. At the same time, we discovered there was a shootout up the ro road at Santa Clarita. A young guy, just a, a young boy of 15 or 16, goes in and starts to shoot people. People say to me, something gone wrong in America. Something gone wrong in the world. The place seems to be going crazy. Is there any solution? Today... This program, like all of our programs, is dedicated to the truth. It's not meant to be politically or religiously correct. It is dedicated by the grace of God to the truth of God. A solution to insanity. I don't often quote the New York Times. The liberal New York Times came out recently with this article calling, can you believe it, for a digital Sabbath. New York Times said people are going crazy. They can't get away from, you know, on their cell phones, can't get away from them. They're addicted and it's driving people crazy. And uh, the liberal New York Times, which is not always charitable towards uh, religious viewpoints said this, we need to have a digital Sabbath from sunset Friday to sunset Saturday. Isn't that amazing? Said, we need to turn these things off. And you know, there are people who come to meetings like this and go to church and they can't leave their little things in the car. You know why? They're addicted. And these things are are driving people crazy. Then I noticed an article in Newsweek magazine. This was astounding. It was called 1984, uh, which, of course, is the great book by George Orwell on the control of the masses. And it said this, the people in America are being brainwashed and they can no longer think for themselves. And it's not the government that's doing it. It's the big companies like Amazon and Apple, the big companies that control the... Because they are brain... They're sending signals to the people. And it's a part of the growing insanity. Would you please turn in your Bibles to the first book in the Bible... Genesis 2 and verses 1 down to 3. 
the Bible says. I'm going to come and stand over here. Look at this camera. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, made it holy, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Right in the very beginning, before sin entered the world, God gave to the human race a Sabbath because people need the Sabbath. Even people in paradise apparently needed the Sabbath. Now, here's the world gone crazy. Uh, I think the freeways have become more aggressive. Maybe it's just me. Uh, somebody will go roaring past you and cut you off, and you'll say, that's one of those crazy young people. And there's a little old granny who's 90. <laughs> and she's texting as she's driving down the 101. <laughs> Completely crazy. She's crazy. Young women tailgating and young men. All are agreed, of course, that Washington uh, has gone crazy. Shall we explore that any farther? I think not. The world has gone crazy. Our enemies, the people that we were taught to be suspicious of and even to hate, they are now our friends. And our friends are our enemies. We have a new phrase. We talk about our frenemies. It's crazy. And if you get your information from the media, it's because you're crazy. It's true. Don't get your information just from the media. We got drugs, alcohol, legalized pot now in California, other places. Jerry Brown, the former governor, said, who needs more potheads, especially in California? And so we're proud of being potheads. Human sexuality. When you turn on the media, it's often no longer he or she. I don't know what you call it, but I think it's crazy. In Mexico, listen to this. There are 30,000 murders a year to supply our crazy addiction for drugs. Where to blame for 30,000 murders a year in Mexico? We don't like to talk about this, do we? You know why? Because we're too crazy. We're so crazy that we've got to feed our insane addiction. Heroin, cocaine, and the liberal New York Times says we need the Sabbath. And that's not crazy. Why the Sabbath? Because the word Sabbath means rest. It is divine rest from human restlessness. Rest from worry. Rest from care. Rest from our cell phones. And rest from craziness. When we have a meeting like this, we have to announce it 
two or three times. Turn off your cell phone because people can't, can't get away from it. It's craziness. The word Sabbath is the Hebrew word Shabbat. Very beautiful word. Shabbat is the Hebrew word. It's just one of those beautiful Shabbat. And it means rest. The Jews have some very wonderful traditions and one is the Friday night tradition. When the Sabbath commences, they light a candle and they say, Shabbat Shalom. Light a candle to bring in the Sabbath. Not like so many of the Gentiles who are too crazy to understand uh, that God knew some things that we don't know. I like calling my Jewish doctor who's been sick on Friday nights and saying to him, Dr. Shabbat Shalom, and I pray with him. We need the divine rest of the Sabbath in our hearts. 24-7. It is a divine solution uh, to human uh, insanity. Let me give you now a brief history of the Sabbath. It was given to the human race before sin in paradise. A moment ago we read Genesis 2 verses 1 to 3. And so God gave to the human race the Sabbath before sin. And if people who are sinless need a Sabbath, we sinners need it a million times more to save us from our insanity. And people have said to me over the years, but don't you know that the Sabbath is simply for the Jews? No, I'm sorry, because there were no Jews in the Garden of Eden, and Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, and M-A-N doesn't spell J-E-W. Though, of course, the Sabbath is for our brothers and sisters who are Jewish also. It was restored to the Israelites at the time of Moses. They had been uh, in slavery. And when you read, we're not going to take time today, but if you read, put this in your mind, Exodus chapter 16, it talks about the giving of the manna. Manna is a Hebrew word that means, what is it? No, it doesn't mean bread. It means, what is it? The people came out and they saw this stuff on the ground and it tasted like wafers made with honey and they said, what is it? God said, it is the bread that God has given you to eat. And this manna fell on the ground on the first, the second, the third, and the fourth, and the fifth days. And if you kept it overnight, it went bad and it stank. But on the sixth day, there was a double portion. And so if the people kept it to the next day, the Sabbath, it did not go bad. Because on the seventh day, there was no manna that was poured out upon the ground because God was trying to teach those people the need for spiritual rest. And that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. These miracles went on 
Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, for 40 years. And you would have to be tremendously slow if you could not work out the importance of the Sabbath and the identity of the Sabbath. And then at the same time period, God came down in fire on Mount Sinai and gave the people the Ten Commandments. And right in the very heart of the Ten Commandments, God placed the Sabbath. Look at your Bibles and turn to Exodus 20 and verse 10. Exodus 20 and verse 10. And Yahweh Elohim, Almighty God, said these words, not just to the Jews, but to the world. Remember, remember. He didn't say, remember, thou shalt not kill or thou shalt not commit adultery. Most of us have got enough sense to remember not to do those things. But he said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you your son, your daughter, your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. God came down and gave to his people and to the world the Sabbath. Now let me mention this to you. Liberal governments in America have done somersaults. They've turned themselves inside out to abolish the Bible from the homes and the hearts of the American people. They've abolished the Bibles from the schools and even at Christmas time they are saying it is politically incorrect to say Merry Christmas. And so there is a continual assault in the schools, in the universities, almost everywhere, against all American values which are based on the Christian Judeo ethic. That is a fact. And we face today a situation where the God has been kicked out of the schools and the commandments have been kicked out of the schools and uh, we look like owls so dumb and we say, what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. It's our craziness in getting rid of God and the commandments of God. Washington said it's impossible to govern a nation without God and the Bible. I guess soon we'll get rid of Washington and Abraham Lincoln because they believed in God. There is a tremendous need for a return to God. And then if you study scripture, you'll find that uh, all the people of God for around 1,400 years kept the Sabbath. All the great prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all of them were Sabbath keepers. People say, I, I can't. One of the greatest challenges a decent man of God has today is to deal with people who are increasingly ignorant of the fundamentals of the faith. But for thousands of years, all the people of God kept the Sabbath and they kept the Sabbath because the Sabbath reminded them that God was God. 
and that he was the one who created the heavens and the earth, and therefore they were unique and glorious. They were made in the very image of God. The Sabbath was faithfully observed by Jesus Christ our Lord and all the holy apostles. Now take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke 23 and verse 53 to 56. Please turn with me to Luke 23, 53 to 56. This talks about the day when Jesus died. Have you got it? Verse 53. Then he took it down. What's it talking about? It's talking about the body of Christ. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen, laid it in a tomb that was hewn out of the rock where no one had ever lain before. That day was the preparation of Friday. Jesus died on the Friday. That's why they call it Good Friday. And the Sabbath drew near. The day after Friday is the Sabbath. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. These people obviously had been taught true Sabbath-keeping by the Lord Jesus Christ because even in his death, they, the holy disciples, including the holy women, were Sabbath-keepers because of the commandments of God. Now look at Luke 24 and verse 1 and 2. Now on the first day of the week, that is the Sunday, the day when Jesus rose from the dead, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared, but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Now, here we have three days, and I'm going to put up these three days on the screen. Here they are, three tremendously important days. The preparation day when Jesus died, the Sabbath according to the commandment, and Sunday, the first day of the week, notice it here, the sixth day, it is called uh, the preparation day. People say time has been lost. No, that's silly. That's silly. If you want to know which is the right seventh day, simply go and ask any Jewish person. Ask any person in Rome who keeps the first day, for instance, the Roman Catholic scholars. The first day is Sunday. And so, the sixth day is a preparation day, and the day in between, the Bible says, is the Sabbath of the commandment, which is called in the New Testament, the Lord's Day. And then the day of the resurrection, when Jesus, our blessed Lord, rose in glory from the tomb, that is the first day. Now, my point is this. Here it is. Jesus was a Sabbath keeper. And all the holy apostles were Sabbath keepers. Finally, many years after Christ and his disciples, the Sabbath was changed by the church as admitted by hundreds and hundreds of church historians. Now, some years ago, there was a craze and people were wearing T-shirts that had the words, 
What would Jesus do? And that is a very, very valid question. And it demands a, a valid answer. What would Jesus do? I want to say to every person here today, my first uh, allegiance uh, is not to the government. My first allegiance is not to my church. My first allegiance is to Christ. My first allegiance is to Christ. And therefore, it is a valid question, what would Jesus do? Listen carefully to the argument that I shall present humbly to you for your consideration, dear hearts and gentle people. Christ's biggest enemies were not the Romans. Christ's biggest enemies uh, were the religious leaders of his day. The hierarchy, especially the Pharisees who had invented thousands of legalistic rules and regulations. Christ's biggest enemies were not the Romans, but the religious hierarchy who made up their own religion in the name of God. Come with me to Mark chapter 7, verses 6 and 7. Matthew, Mark. Come with me to Mark chapter 7 and verse 6 and 7, dear hearts and gentle people. He answered and said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites. Goodness. As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, all talk, all mouth, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And so the Pharisees made up their own rules. Let me say this so you won't mistake what I think. Man-made religion is the curse of humanity. What we need is Jesus and his gospel. Let me say it again, in case there's somebody who wasn't offended the first time. <laughs> Man-made religion is the curse of humanity. And what we need is Jesus and his gospel. Now, what is the gospel? Here's the gospel. God sent his son, who was the creator, on a rescue mission. And he did this because he loves us. The greatest truth in the Bible is the truth, I love you, God loves you. On the cross, he paid for our sins. No one is unimportant. He has a solution to the curse of sin that breeds insanity. He has a solution. And until the world accepts God's solutions, there are going to be more school shootings and other terrible things. The greatest text in the Bible is John 3.16. Would you please notice it? John 3.16, you know it by heart. For God so loved the world. Everybody. 
Yeah, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. Uh, That's the heart of the gospel. That God loves us. And we need his rest in our hearts. People do crazy things. The world is going crazy everywhere in Washington, around the world. The world is going crazy because we don't have Christ in our hearts. We have a bunch of religious junk, but not Christ. We need his rest in our hearts. Listen carefully to this. Then in the next segment, I'm going to give you some amazing stories from the life of Christ and from Russia and from Siberia and from Magadan. Christ had a conflict with the Pharisees over the Sabbath. Not whether it should be kept, but how it should be kept. Because the Sabbath is the symbol of the gospel. And so when Jesus came and started to keep the Sabbath, they tried to kill him, and they did kill him. And the Bible tells me this, and most people haven't seen this, the reason they wanted to kill him was over the issue of uh, the Sabbath. No, no, no. Someone says, Jesus broke the Sabbath. Hey, you're joining forces with the Pharisees. That's what they said. When we come back, I'm going to talk about stories from Russia, Ukraine, Eastern Siberia, And we're going to talk about the solution to the insanity in the world today. Our topic is a solution to insanity. And we will be back. You can now find the Carter Report anywhere anytime, on any Android or Apple device. Use your cell phone, tablet, computer, or TV to access the many inspirational messages from Pastor Carter 24-7. For Apple users, go to the App Store. For Android users, go to Google Play and download the free Carter Report app. The Carter Report also has an official YouTube and Vimeo channel. Search for The Carter Report and find the topic that speaks to you. Roku users, simply search for The Carter Report and download the app free. The same on Amazon Fire. For Apple TV, visit the App Store and download the app. Reach out to The Carter Report and experience the hope, faith, and love of Jesus Christ. The reviews for the John Carter biography are in, and this is what they say. Anyone who reads this fascinating book and is not moved should check to see if they still have a pulse. I believe this book about God's miracles in Russia and Ukraine will burn the flame in your heart. This could prove to be one of the most important books ever written about public evangelism. Make sure you get a copy. I believe this book about John Carter's life will help readers grasp a vision for their lives. 
For a donation of $100 or more, a signed copy of the John Carter biography can be yours by writing to us at the address on the screen or visit our website. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.